Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. We begin today by acknowledging the Ngunnawal, Darug, and Gundungurra peoples, the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording today, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening, and we note that any of our listeners who are also on this land are on stolen land. Just a reminder that Jenna and I are only speaking from our experiences. The sex industry is incredibly diverse and varied, and we cannot possibly speak for any other sex worker. We both have a lot of privilege being white and cisgendered, and it's important to recognise that we don't face the same levels of stigma and marginalisation that many of our peers do. Today's episode was inspired by a question that came through from one of our patrons. Now, this person is actually a mate of mine, and they have this fantastic ability to always ask really thoughtful questions that are just never simple to answer. I just think that's a really skilled, no, no, they always make me think. Um, And they've managed to do that again. Holly's going to read it out for us. I have a question that I have been pondering for a while now. In previous episodes, you have mentioned sometimes clients bring up things during sessions that they really need to be talking to a therapist about, and that is not what you are there for. But then you have also mentioned that clients sometimes book you to help them work through things. For example, Jenna mentioned she has seen a couple who want a threesome, but the wife is working through jealousy and insecurity issues. Some of your guests have mentioned having clients that booked them to try and work out their sexuality. I think you both have mentioned, I may be wrong, and if so, I am sorry. Look, it's fine. (laughs) She's so sweet. Yeah, very sweet. (laughs) You're not going to offend us by asking a question. That's fine. Uh, Having clients who have booked you to try and work on their confidence in the bedroom. These are all things that therapists are often used for. So I'm wondering where the line is. Is it that the clients needing therapy are bringing up non-sex related issues or that the clients you are helping were upfront about the issues they are trying to address when they made the booking? Or is it something else entirely? So the first thing that came to my mind when I read this question was a recent episode of The Satisfaction Project, which is Georgie Wolf's podcast. And of course, we've had Georgie on our show before. And she recently put out an episode where she interviewed Sarah Ashton from SHIPS, which is Sexual Health and Intimacy Psychological Services. Now, they're based in Melbourne, Australia, but I believe they do um, Zoom sessions and stuff. So I think they are accessible for people outside of there as well. Um, And the the episode was called Sex Work or Therapy. So what they basically had was Georgie speaking as a sex worker and Sarah speaking as a psychologist who specializes in sex therapy. And they so they sort of shared where they might maybe think the line is and and what sort of things. So like I think it actually answers this question really well. And at first I was like, "Mm, they've kind of already covered this. So my first suggestion is to go and have a listen to that. It will obviously be linked down below. And I think I don't have any personal experience with ships, but uh, from what I can tell, they seem, you know, they're basically a, a progressive group of therapists who are very on board with with people being queer, with people being non-monogamous, with people being sex workers, etc. And, you know, their the whole thing seems to be 
very much that they won't blame any of your issues on those things, which is something that a lot of sex workers, a lot of queer people, a lot of non-monogamous people have encountered when they have tried to access psychological services. So, yeah, I don't know. Check that out. It might be your vibe. I can't tell you if it's mine. It seems like it might be, but I haven't actually experienced them myself. But yeah, so listen to that episode, of course, if you want. But I thought that Holly and I could just kind of chat about our our perspectives and our, our perspective will probably be less, like obviously Sarah from Ships is a psychologist, so she can speak with authority on those subjects. And we, while we have a fair bit of therapy between us, <laughs> it might be we, a little uh, less informed. We are not qualified yeah. therapists. Yeah. 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 It'll be a bit more of us talking shit, which is exactly why you've tuned in because that's what we always do. So do you have any initial thoughts, Hol? Yeah, I think it's a wonderful question and I think something we have talked about or that I have sort of disclaimed, that's not a word, but it is today, uh, a few times on this show is that we will constantly contradict ourselves because what we are saying at any given time we are using one frame of reference for so we're on you know a rant about one thing and what we're saying is relevant to that point Um, but obviously life is multifaceted and a lot of the issues we deal with in life and particularly in sex work are multifaceted so although we do contradict ourselves often whatever we say at the time we feel is relevant but we really like you to let us know when we've said things that are confusing and we're happy to elaborate and to discuss that in depth and we do appreciate the question I think this is a really great question because yeah we definitely make both points that yeah we are not therapists but also that a lot of clients talk to us about very personal serious things I think when sex workers say we're not therapists I think It's because a lot of the time to justify our work in society, a lot of people try to use us as it's a lot of people do two things. They sort of, you know, they sort of say, oh, well, people would be raping lots of people if there wasn't sex workers. And it's like, well, we're not. That's not our facility. That's not what we do. We're not here for for rapists. That's, you know, we, yeah. uh, And similarly, people who, who are really uneducated in the space of sex work try to justify the work before they're they're really comfortable with it all um, by saying things like yeah oh, well it's it's sort of like a psychologist isn't it you know that you can go to them and it's cheaper than a psychologist and ha 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 um, and all of that sort of rhetoric which while playful and while there are elements of truth to it is is not you know we're not a substitute for somebody with a various degrees in uh, in how the brain works and uh, in healing from trauma and and all of the things that psychologists do um, I, I feel like it's such a complex issue and I'm, I'm a real big speaker. Like I love to always talk to people about men's mental health because I feel like in my experiences and I'm again, totally not a professional. So somebody is probably going to be listening going, wow, Holly, you're really great at talking out your ass, but I feel like men are just really bad often at seeking help. And I feel like it's, it's just been a cultural thing for a long time that men must endure. And, and for generations, men didn't feel comfortable to speak about their mental health problems. And I think we've made massive strides in recent times on those issues, but we're still not there. And I see it all the time with my clients. I, I have deep chats with them about a variety of life things. And uh, I say, have you been to a psychologist or have you ever seen a therapist? And they're like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not that bad. Like, and it's, well, you don't have to be on the edge mm. to go and seek mental health care. If you, if you're feeling particularly ill, you go to a GP. And if you, um, I mean, and when I say particularly ill, I mean, not on death's door. If you're just not feeling great, you go and seek help in a, for a range of things. If your shoulder's a bit sore, you might go and get a massage. Similarly, yeah, if, you, if your brain, if you've just been feeling a little stressed or anxious or whatever lately, there's no harm. Um, and there is actually a lot that a psychologist can provide. So I'm regularly sort of saying to my clients just how great therapy is. It doesn't have to be. They are, oh, well, I don't think it's just talking, isn't it? And I'm like, dude, if it was just talking, we would all be qualified therapists. That's not what therapy is. There is so much broader strategies and and study and knowledge behind what psychologists do. So people who sort of write it off as, oh, it's just talking to somebody, missing the point entirely. There is so much that you can gain from seeing a therapist. And particularly, I think it's something that we need to make men feel more comfortable about. And we is society. I feel like it's something that, that sort of 
needs to be normalized for everyone. But particularly, I find that it's something that a lot of men still feel a little bit uncomfortable about and uh, and don't talk openly with their friends as much as, as women do. I know that's a very, what is it like? Like stereotypical? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm using only like two genders there, which is, you know, but this is the, the general um, gist of, of what I've come across in my life. And I'm rambling, but it's something I feel quite passionate about and it's something I regularly discuss with my clients. Yeah, I'm not qualified, but I am open to deep discussion. And I think when you have a really close, intimate time with a client where you're both vulnerable, you're both naked, you open up emotionally, physically – and that can be to varying extremes. I have clients where there's very little opening up and it's quite mechanical and that's fine. But then I have clients where it's a really intimate time being physical together and that gives them a place where they feel safe to have a chat about things. And if it's crossing a line that's upsetting for me to talk about, I'm really comfortable asserting my boundaries and I'm comfortable saying, oh, I don't feel like, but I generally don't have many boundaries and I'm, I'm here for deep chats. And I, when I say I don't have many boundaries, I mean, I'm, I'm really um, big on, on really deep open discussion and I don't get triggered very easily is, is what I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, I'm really happy to have those deep conversations, but it's important that people remember that, we are not qualified therapists. I would love to talk to you about things. I want to be here for your journey. I, I really enjoy that connection. And that's something that is a pleasure for me. But there is such a big space for a GP, for a psychologist, for a psychiatrist, for professionals in that, uh, that line of health. And that's my mm. you know, 20 minute take on it. I think what you said about, you know, we're, we're not qualified in these areas and uh, like I, uh, I'm probably wrong now. I think Sarah mentioned it in that episode of the Satisfaction Project. I think a qualified psychologist or a clinical psychologist has seven years mm. training minimum, yeah. something like that. Quite a lot, right? A lot more than I got training as a whore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think one of the really important and, you know, there are counsellors, there are different types of um, therapists out there and they have different amounts of, of training. But something that as far as I know, they all go through is getting trained on on how to protect themselves and how to take this, uh, take some really intense and really dark stuff and still, um, you know, listen to it all but not take it on board and all that sort of stuff. How to look after themselves Great doing point. really intense work. Yeah. Um, and we have not been trained in that. And some of us are better at it than, than others. Some of us are more interested in it than others. And, I'm, I mean, this is my next thing is I think it massively depends on the provider and the nature of the booking itself. So oh. in this, uh, this question, my friend said, for example, Jenna mentioned she's seen a couple who want a threesome but the wife is working through jealousy and insecurity issues. Now, that's something I'm very comfortable with. I really love working with couples. I love working with the dynamics of that. I like talking about jealousy. I think it's a fascinating topic. A lot of sex workers don't see couples. Agree. Because of, of that exact stuff. That's such that's a good point. That's not for Holly. Yeah. She can't handle that, right? Yeah, so, I find it incredibly uncomfortable. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So a big part of it is just is just who the provider is. I think for me, like this thing of us not having necessarily the tools to carry the information that's been given to us into our own lives or, or to be able to not carry it in, I guess, is really what, what we're going for. My initial – when I first read this question, the first thing I thought about was the amount of times – I've had clients, what I would describe trauma dump on oh. me. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's difficult and, and deep topics and, and I'm like you, I, I quite enjoy the darkness. You mm. know, I, I have, I've had some bookings where I've gone, wow, this is some pretty fucked up shit we're talking yeah. about. And for some people combining that with sex would really not be a good idea, but for me it's working and presumably for the client, it seems to be working, but it's sort of it's tr like I guess a lot of it is just um emotional and social awareness because it it kind of we have to get to that point together You're we so have to right. know each other well enough yes. for that I guess yes and I, I mean I've had people you can't just walk in the first booking yeah and tell me about well, child yeah. abuse like yeah you're right yeah 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 no, you're right I've had mm. a fair number of of men and who have 
who, yeah, in the first booking, within the first sort of 15, 20 minutes, mm. we've been naked and they've been talking about child sexual abuse. Jeez. And that, like, you just can't be doing that to yeah. people. Yeah. Like, I, I just, and it, and it breaks my heart because so often they say things like, I've never spoken to anyone else about this. And, like, I want to be able to hold space for that. And I, if somebody's opening up to someone for the first time, I know that the right thing to do is not to say, oh, you're going to need to shut up and not share that with me. Yeah. But it's so completely inappropriate for them to have shared that yeah. with me. Yeah. That's, and I shouldn't have to. That's a lot to have put on that you. Yeah, on me. Mm. My God. And then I have to walk away from that booking. The time's up. I've been paid for my time, and I've got to walk away knowing that that person has given that information to me, and I don't have the tools to help them, let alone myself, deal with that. Mm. You know. Yeah. And on top of that, I think the other thing to remember is that most people in the world have some trauma in their life. So it, it often surprises me when people share stuff with me as though I think, I mean, mm, yeah, okay, gosh, I'm talking in circles. I really didn't prepare much for this. No, I think this is a very um, earnest chat. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Go us. <laughs> I think that there is this thing with, as you, you talked about, that broadly speaking often men have a hard time seeking help. And my experience has been when they do share the the tough stuff in their lives they often seem to have this sense that they are the only person going through oh, it. Oh, very much. Which is really, really sad because that that is a, you know that has such a big impact on our mental on our mental health, right? And so it, it's sad that they feel that way. But part of me is like, babe, we've all been through this, and you're you're throwing all this stuff at me, and it's bringing up things for me. But they seem to have no awareness that the person they're talking to could have could have also had some really tough situations in their life which mm. my view is anyone you're speaking to quite probably yeah. has had some really tough things to go through so to sort of and and it surprises me because there's this stigma that sex workers are all traumatized and all had fucked up childhoods but then these people that come and bring their trauma to us seem to assume that we don't and I'm like it'd be nice if the stigma came in there <laughs> and you actually <laughs> Tried to protect me from that. But anyway, guess it's not working in my favour this time. I think it's a really good point that you've made. There's a big difference between having a deep, heavy chat about tough topics and trauma dumping. And I think a, a psychologist session is is you can trauma dump there. That's That's what it's yeah. for entirely. A session with a sex worker, not so much. And it's really hard, I suppose. There's obviously very clear just casually dark topics and then there's very mm, very mm. clear trauma dumping and then there's this really big gray area in between where I think yeah it's it's so hard it's not like we each have a list on our website saying well I'm comfortable to talk about you know your horrendous divorce I'm happy to talk about the the fact that you lost a pet recently but I'm not happy to talk about the you, you know abuse in your early childhood or whatever um we don't you don't know, but I think, as you said, it's a real thing about social awareness and maybe just having a little bit of consideration for um, the person that you're spending time with, the level of intimacy involved. And I know that for neurodivergent people, that can be a little bit harder to read and to um, pick up on those mm. things. And, and I guess that's also then comes back to us that it's part of our job to to sort of say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm what you're going through or what you've described is really tough, but that's not something that I'm in a space to discuss with you right now or I'm in a good place and uh, and I think it would be really beneficial for you to go and have a chat to your doctor or have a chat about going and getting a mental health care plan. And if anyone who isn't aware, if yeah. you're living in Australia, yeah. you can get, I think it, it seems to vary, but you can get at least a few um, sessions for free through Medicare, sorry, mm. if you have Medicare. These um, days the gap is too uh, with large a psychologist. in my experience. So you, you will very rarely get them for free. Um, it's for you, what? Yeah, the gap's too big now. So, Even on the mental health care plan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the mental health care plan oh, I think covers 110 to $130 off per psychologist session. And I think psychology sessions are about 250 ish now. Um, so you're going to be out of pocket yeah. somewhere between about a hundred to 200. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. I, I, in my experience and, and in my discussions with, with some of my clients and, and things like that, at the mm. moment you're looking at about a hundred-ish dollar gap, depending. Some psychologists charge a lot more. Some clinical psychologists are usually more expensive. Um, things like that, depending on, on your needs. But at the moment it's about a hundred dollars a okay. session. After well, then don't that. take my advice. That's bullshit. But also it does. help, but it, that's not enough. It, I mean, it, this is the hard thing is that we are incredibly, as a nation and Jeez, probably as a world, incredibly under-resourced in terms of psychologists. There are not enough psychologists to go around. Even here in Canberra, we have so many. Um, you are on wait lists, I mean, for a psychiatrist, possibly for years, but for a psychologist, you can mm. be on – a lot of them are not taking on new clients. Uh, and, um, and, and yes, yeah, so they've all of their rates are, are quite – are higher than they were years ago. Um, if you are in dire straits, if you've got referrals from certain emergency um, providers, some psychologists will just charge the rebate fee. So they'll charge just what Medicare does and they won't. I once had a psychologist who did that for me for months and it was, you know, mm. that's life-saving sort of generosity. That's that's absolutely yeah. incredible. And so there are providers out there who, if you're having a really horrible time, will find a way to get you in and charge you the, the base so that you – it's covered entirely by Medicare. But most people who are psychologists are just trying to make a living. They've got, you know, commercial premises they work out of. They've got bills. They've got registration, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's not their fault. It's not like they're, they're charging too much. It's just the uh, – I think Medicare needs a bit of an overhaul in our nation. But that's a whole other rant. Point mm. of the story yeah. is, uh, yeah, that there are mental health care plans that can assist with um, with getting therapy. And, uh, and I'd say it's incredibly important that most people – yeah. Try, uh, if, especially if you yeah. you've you got some shit you need GP. To, to unpack. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to give a clear answer. I think you're spot on by talking about the grey area. Yeah. Like there is a lot of grey area. There is so and, much grey um, area. And I f- feel like you pick up on that. Like, you know, even when you and I as friends have conversations, there are things that we'll steer towards that are a little bit mm-hmm. uncomfortable and I've sort of been like, okay, I know that this is dangerous ground and can I just ask little questions around it and if it's not. And we, we establish boundaries that we're comfortable with as friends. And I feel like everyone does that in life and things that you're comfortable and not comfortable talking about. And I feel like in a booking, you do that in a, in a more professional way. I feel like as a client, you come to that and you, you expect that it's almost like an acquaintance and then gently, gently, you don't just go in and, and, and drop your biggest, most depressing bombs. Um, yeah, I feel like that's just consideration. And I think most people can relate to that. I feel like most people who have had friends that they or like you said, who haven't had friends that they've talked to a lot of my clients who do have a lot of this heavy stuff. Or yeah, there are things they've just never talked to anyone about. I think, yeah, just being aware of taking things gently when you're discussing what could be traumatic mm-hmm. things is, is sensible. I do think that's a big part of this issue. Um, and I assume a lot of sex workers get this. I have a lot of clients saying to me, oh, you're, you're just so open-minded. I've never met anyone like you. You just, you're so non-judgmental. And, um, and that's heartbreaking because like, oh, fuck, I just wish we lived in a less judgmental world, you know, in a more open-minded world. Yeah. But I, so I think that there is this misconception that we are, we're just so cruisy and easygoing and everything goes. And if we have sex for money, then we must be okay with anything. Like mm. there's just this sense that, oh, well, you're this crazy hooker. So, um, you know, I can't talk about this to my my wife mm. or my parents or, you know, my closest friends I've had for 30 years. But I can tell this um, this crazy woman yeah. who, who sleeps with people for money because, she, you know, she's obviously so out there. Um, and that's, we're, we're just people too, you know, we're just people too. (laughs) I feel like a big part of it also is, is the massive release of oxytocin and the, the, Mm. the love drugs and the, Mm -hmm. the stuff that happens when you have sex and you get this big amount of, um, hormones and, uh, and neurotransmitters flowing through you that are telling you that you're safe and you're loved and, and those feelings make people go, wow, I, I feel safe with you and I feel like I can be vulnerable with you. And we love that. That's obviously a real honor in our work. It's so nice. Mm. Uh, But I think just keeping in mind that, as you said, some of us, many of us as humans, not as sex workers, don't tire us as, Mm -hmm. you know, being Mm -hmm. traumatized because we're sex workers, but many people have had trauma and, um, 
And it's always nice to to just be gentle when discussing those things. If there's something you want to chat about and and you're not sure and you you're not feeling you're not sure where the vibe is and you want to feel it out, you can just say, "Look, I I'm I'm feeling a little bit like I, I want to talk about something related to X. I I don't know if that's appropriate. Is that going to upset you right now?" And and some of us will say, "No worries. We're, that's let's let's have a chat. What's on your mind? Let's like I'm here to talk." And some of us will go, "Oh, that's something that for me I I'm not really comfortable with, or, and not or not in this session, or maybe when we get to know each other, or maybe you should you know I've got a recommendation for a therapist. There, give us give somebody an opportunity, a little trigger warning maybe before you launch into the really the really hectic stuff. Um, yeah, that's I my, can imagine that's some take. people as well might be comfortable with it on a social date but not on a booking where full service is involved involved. you're so right because yes I I think maybe sometimes people forget how uh, you know I think sometimes the clients feel feel safe with us in that setting but we can feel quite vulnerable in that setting so there's a bit of a uh I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's a power imbalance but I think that there is there's some stuff going on there we're being paid. We're naked. Like I just think it, yeah. it, it can be a little bit sort of murky potentially. True. But, yeah, I mean, don't get us wrong. Like I know Holly and I, like, oh, my God, it's, it is the most – it is the best thing in life when clients say they feel safe with us mm. and that they feel that they can be themselves and that they can open up. Like we definitely don't want you to stop talking to us and, and making these deep connections, right? Like it's the fucking best. Mm. It's the best part about the job. It's just those times when either it is it's really traumatic and really dark stuff, yes, or it's something where, like, I I had somebody the other day who said I'm I'm just so lonely, and that's that's there's nothing wrong with them saying that, and I was like that's so hard to hear, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that, and I you know I related because I have a family member who lives on their own, and I sort of shared a bit of their experience, and but. I was like, but that it like at a point, and so this client did nothing wrong, but at a point I thought it would be good for you to speak to a therapist or a psychologist or, you know, like yeah. I, I think that that's a bigger issue. Yeah. I can, I can empathize with you and well, I, I can commiserate with you, but it, it's just bigger than, than what I can do for your sake. Like that didn't upset me personally, but it, I, I, yeah, I was like, I'm not enough for this. Mm. I think it's a really great question that we've had a chat about today. And, um, yeah, I think the main things that we've sort of covered are that, yeah, just try to try to remember that when we say we're not psychologists, it's for our benefit and for the client's benefit. Uh, we are, as you said, we love those deep chats. I've had clients disclose things to me that are so deeply personal and so amazing for their future journey that they have discovered about themselves or that they, you know, are part of their personal growth. And I love that. Um, but there is a limit to, to how much we can help with or to how much we can take on. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's really important. I'm going to add one more thing. Please keep going. I say one I more thing, but wanted you are very sure, good at Well, no, I just wanted to make sure that we things. were keeping on, on target <laughs> totally. what the what the point of the episode yeah, yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, clients who who have been to therapy and then come to see us as a part of that journey are fucking hot. Isn't that awesome? I've had a few now. It's so great. Mm. And, of course, there's, you know, they have to have obviously found a therapist who, um, you know, is pretty cool and who is quite progressive, of course. Um, but all of these people that I've experienced have and they've gone to therapy generally um, or a part of their therapy at least is dealing with some aspect of their sexuality or their comfortability with the people that they're attracted to, social awkwardness, any of that sort of stuff. And then along with the therapist, you know, their their therapist knows that they're coming to see me as kind of taking the next step in that journey for them. Um, And I know that they're going to be reporting back to the therapist afterwards about their experience and how they felt and and as it goes on. And like, they are just the best because Mm. they've done all this work on themselves. Doesn't mean they're perfect. None of us are, but they've done this work and um, it's just really cool to be a part of um, a part of them working on themselves to be in as a part of that. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should also mention, I have sort of said 
this really polarizing statement about uh, men seeking mental health help. Uh, but I do have a lot of, of my male clients who do mm. uh, go to therapy and who do see psychologists and who have done massive amounts of work on themselves and on their mental health. And, uh, and that's, that's really admirable. And I've got so much respect for it. And it's not easy. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. And there are years in my life where I go, you know what? I just don't want to deal with my brain stuff right now. And that's, that's fine. We get it. So totally. yeah. go, yep. go you whenever you do uh, seek help. I've got a lot of respect for it. Who misses free and affordable ads without all the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists based out of Nam, Australia, who have a specialised understanding of the complex challenges workers face and are dedicated to providing solutions to amplify their voices. Assembly 4 was founded on the belief that impact is more important than profit. They strongly believe that having the ability to make decisions about our bodies and sexual lives is a fundamental human right. Anyone should be able to make these choices without fear, violence or discrimination. Sex workers are still fighting for this right. Trist.link is a directory that lists thousands of independent adult entertainers, escorts, BDSM, kink, video, massage and much more. They also have a huge amount of educational resources and blog posts about the sex industry that are well worth a look. Check out their website assembly4.com. That's for the word, not the number, for more info. Our misconception for this week, I think, is one that I had before I entered the sex industry, and it is that oral sex is safe sex, that effectively you, you know, you can't transmit or receive uh, STIs you from so having oral sex. Wow. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I think, I think I knew that you could, but I don't think I realized that you, like. I think I thought the chances were super, super low. Mm. And, I mean, they are they are lower. But, uh, like, I don't know. I, I think even more than that, I hadn't really thought about it, to be honest. I think that's probably a more accurate sure. um, description of it. The thought of giving a blowjob or receiving cunnilingus with using a dam or a condom had not crossed my mind before I entered the sex industry. And I, I mean – I think that's the case for a lot of people. A lot of sex workers I've spoken to have thought the same. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. If, if I, when I talk to the kids, I talk to the people in their young 20s, I mean, a lot of them aren't even fucking using a condom for pen, penetrative sex, let alone, like, no, no one in my school was using condoms for blowjobs. Like, there was none of that. No way. Oh, I often did. That's amazing. Good no, on you. No, that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's brilliant. But you know me, I, I really like condoms. <laughs> maybe yeah, that's, fair. <laughs> maybe, yeah, but I think uh, that's really great. Is it? Yeah, but uh, and but then I never did for penetrative sex. <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> okay, this is a whole other. <laughs> so it was just that you didn't want dig taste. Is that what? No, I just. I'd just get too horny for oh, penetrative. So I'd be like, oh, who cares? Just go for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. We had different experiences. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, some, so one of the things we talk about, like I think there's a real trend to move away from the term safe sex and to instead use the term safer sex because yeah. no, you know, no, no sex is completely quote unquote safe. Um, mm. No interaction with another human being is completely safe because we all have a bunch of germs. And actually I was listening to a podcast just the other day about North Sentinel Island where there's like a tribe of people who have been effectively yeah. untouched by Isolated. Western civilization. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every time Western civilization gets up in there, a bunch of them fucking die because we're all so diseased. Like this is what yeah. happens when you come in contact with people is my point. So <laughs> bit of a tangent, but we got there. So we like to say safer sex because, and this is, I mean, I get, I get 
clients and inquiries all the time from people saying, oh, how do I, how do I make sure I don't get STIs? And at the risk of sounding so like a school in Texas, um, <laughs> you don't have sex. Like, real, like if, that, if you don't want to get STIs, abstinence is genuinely your only option. Yeah. But obviously 100%. that's a fucking terrible option. Let's not do that. Let's have sex <laughs> if we want to. So, yeah, there is by going down on somebody who has a penis or a vulva, there is a risk that uh, you can catch STIs. There is also a risk that you can pass on something to them. The risk, gen- for, I think, for all of those things is lower than penetrative sex, for instance. Correct. There is information. You can Google there's information out there about what sort of where the how high the risk is for different things. Yep. But realistically, it, it's, there's, a, there's a risk with any of it. And that's mm. just a decision you have to make for yourself. Um, there is barrier protection out there, condoms and dams, for example. But even then, that doesn't prevent everything. And, you know, if you have skin-to-skin contact, for example, like a condom doesn't cover your whole body, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, kissing, like I don't know if anyone's doing kissing with dams. I don't think that's a thing. I don't think so. You know? <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. And so, you know, kissing itself, you can you can uh, transmit things, of course. Um, mm. So, and you can transmit things that aren't STIs as well that way. Like, oh, just, yeah. you know. Yeah. We're There's filthy a plethora fuckers. of delightful yeah. things you can pass on to another human yeah. being. Fortunately, it, it generally seems to be reasonably rare if – how am I going to put this? In in our lines of work, I think there are a lot of statistics that, you know, I think people have this that misconception that sex workers have, you know, higher rates and all of that, but the, mm-hmm. the, the data says otherwise. Um, and I think, yeah, you can do all of the precautions there. If, again, you can look online, there are a lot of um, tips on, you know, what to look for before you engage in various activities with somebody else, um, preventative medicines, um, barrier protections, all of that sort of stuff. So there's information out and there. And regular but, testing, yeah. of course. Oh, we love regular testing. Um, it's yeah. it's really I, – I know a lot of people I've met are like, oh, but will they, will they do – is this going to – you know, they're really nervous about it. Are they going to – and I'm like, it is so – I don't know. I mean, I know different states have different approaches. I've heard some people go to get tested in, in places like mm. Queensland and it's been – more judgmental but uh for people here in the act it's incredibly anonymous feeling it's really unobtrusive and it's uh it's quick and easy and they send you a text a few days later so great and that peace of mind oh such a good feeling nice isn't it it's just always nice making sure you you're all right uh so yeah definitely oral sex is safe sex is a misconception so i'm totally going rogue here and on my not gonna lie thing somebody just yesterday asked me you guys always talk about regular testing what does that mean like how regular should i be getting tested yeah and i have not answered that question yet because i was like "Ooh, not a doctor don't want to give out advice but i thought we could have a quick discussion about that i mean for me i do swabs every three months and bloods every Mm. six months I know there are people who do it more often than that. My sexual health clinic that I go to doesn't like to do it more often than that. They say they don't see a point and they consider me low enough risk that there's no point doing it more often than that. And, you know, I'm having sex with a lot of people. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody who's having sex with just a few people, then that regularity, I guess, probably isn't necessary, but it can be great for the peace of mind. And if you, yeah, if you live in a place where you can get testing for free, then fucking take advantage of that socialized healthcare, like go for it. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I get, uh, I get my swabs uh, about once every three months as well. Um, I used to probably get them a little less frequently, but now that I offer BBBJ as an extra, I, mm. I go and get uh, my swabs done uh, more regularly just to for peace of mind for, for myself and for my clients. Um, and uh, I get my bloods done now probably almost once a year. I was doing one, mm. uh, once every three Actually, months that's and they were like po- – yeah. Yeah, they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is way too often. Yeah. Particularly, you know, we had a chat about my how many clients I see X period of time and they were mm. like, this is, you know, are you are you having, you know, any unprotected sex at all? And I was like, oh, very minimal. Uh, so they were mm. like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, not a stressful thing. Just um, scale that back. 
Yeah, and then I think they were like, oh, you know, six months. And then I went in and saw another person, a doctor, and she was like, dude, again, like 12 months is fine. As long as you come in and get your swabs, that's mm. the the biggest thing. Um, yeah. yeah, your biggest sort of risk. Yeah, but, to be fair, you know, blood, it's pro- blood over the last few years – I've probably yeah. only done bloods once a year, partly because of COVID. Like it's just I haven't yeah, worked for periods of time and whatever, and yeah. so it hasn't. Um, totally, and I, and I yeah. they've had no absolutely no issue with that. Well, that's the thing because um, the blood born yeah. uh, the blood transmitted diseases I think are far uh, more uncommon in Australia, and it's a, a lot more harder to catch. I I don't want to use the wrong terminology, but are less likely no, yeah. for we're we're lower risk, I suppose. We're quite low yeah. risk for those um those sorts of things. Whereas um swabs is you know the things that mm. swabs test for are, are more contagious or more common. Um yeah. Just what you said about um you know the the process being fairly kind of um anonymous and all of that. Mm. At one point I went to a new sexual health clinic and had to like you know go through a form about my um, sex practices, basically. So you, oh, there wow. often will be questions about. Oh, we don't um, do that in Canberra. About how you do. Yeah, well, but you said they asked about like how many clients you have and. Oh, sort of thing, just when right? we had a big chat about it, just when she was like, "Oh, yeah, how often right. are you getting this okay. done?" And I was like, "Oh, every three yeah. months." And she was like, "Oh, well, you know, I don't know mm. if you need it that often. Do you want to?" And so we, you know, began a conversation. But otherwise, mm. it's literally tick yeah. box. Do you have symptoms? Well, yes not- or no? And you mm. go in and done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, this this one place I went to, it was a lot more involved, and I wish I'd taken a photo of the form because I thought it was wow. hilarious. Because at the time I had four partners, and two of those partners were men who one of them was a man who had sex with other men very occasionally. Mm-hmm. One had sex with other men more often, and one and yeah. that one had sex with trans people quite a bit. And then one was a woman. And then I had my work and I had my husband and they like, I could tell this poor person going through my form, like they were looking at it kind of trying to, they were like, so, and who, what? And I was like, yeah, man, it's fine, babes. That's why I'm here. It's all good. Um, but they sort of like, they make, like, I remember at one point they asked me because I was seeing a woman, they said, so, um, do you guys use barrier protection when you go down on each other? And I, I said, no, because we didn't. Um, and then they said, what about toys? And I said, oh, well, we always put a condom on and, and wash them in between, going between people and all that. So we, we don't like share toys in that sense. Um, and they were like, all right, okay. They were actually really impressed. They were like, wow, that's amazing. And I was like, mm, okay, should be the bare minimum, but okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my point is, yeah, I don't, depending on where you are in the world, um, you may be asked yeah. questions like that. And in my experience, there wasn't any judgment, but it was very like, and when you do this act, do you put a condom on? And when oh, you do this, and have you ever had a, a condom break? That's a common question. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be like a matter of fact more than anything. Sure. Um, so yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. I have a shit people say for us, which had me so entertained last night. I originally had one in here that was a bit more serious, but then this unfolded last night and I was like, this is one of the wildest interactions I've had in my career and I find it very, very entertaining. So hopefully you do as well. So first of all, I got a message. Hi, Jenna, I saw your profile on website, which is just the uh, the standard text from the website. So he's not added in any of his own information, just that. Then he's tried to call me. So... The first thing on any of my ads says I only accept bookings online via this link. So calling me and sending me automated tech, that's not, it's not going to do anything. Then he said, hey, and I said, hey, because sometimes I just, I don't know, sometimes I feel like entertaining them or feel like having them entertain me, which is what happened yes. this time. <laughs> and he said, hey, hun, <laughs> God, I'm a bitch sometimes. I just wrote back, boring. <laughs> Because I'm so, that's so fucking boring. Come on. Isn't it? And he said, what? Lol. I'm looking for discreet fun and I'm generous. And I just didn't write back. Uh, then he called me again. There's another cross against, you know, he's got four or five strikes across his name so far mm. against his name. I said, then you should make a booking. He said, are you free, beautiful? Then he said, okay, then to making a booking. I would like that. Where are you based? I said, off you go then. And he said, two hours, I can do instant transfer. I said, radio, go make a booking. He said, send me your details. Where are you based, beautiful? And I said, in your dreams, because I'm so lame. (laughs) But like this, 
Like I don't, and every sex worker ever will know this. You get contacted by somebody and they ask you where you're based. And it's like, the what are you doing? Yes. The information's all there. But also what is the point in contacting somebody that might be based 200 kilometres away? Like what? Are you, what? It just seems fucking illogical. Mm-hmm. Um, then he said, well, he said Jez, but we'll go with G's. You don't make it easy to spend money on you, lol. And I was like, fair. <laughs> Call. Really? Uh, I'm mm. being well. I'm being kind of antagonistic. I said it's actually incredibly simple, but your inability to read an ad is really getting in your way. He said, "Doing it now." I've sent an email, so I got an email from this guy saying, "Hi, I want to make a booking." He sent it from his work email address, which is I'm going to say it. He runs a real estate agency, which was like not entirely a surprise. Salacious. I won't I won't rat on people for their jobs because we have this entire podcast, you know, which is about not ratting on people for their jobs. But, you know, it just wasn't a surprise. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so he said, oh, this line. Okay. He goes, I'm shit with it, hun. I have people that do this shit for me. And I said, well, you should get those people to do it for you because you're failing spectacularly. Uh, he said, did you get it? Hun, send me details. I'll transfer $100 if you come or not. It says you're not available to the 31st. I said, well, that sounds like I'm not available until the 31st. He said, think it should be easy, honey. I'm cashed up and ready to go. It's really up to you, beautiful girl. And then he said, no problem. It was entertaining and slightly frustrating. Have a wonderful night. I would love nothing more than to chuck a lot of money at you, only if you're interested. And then sent me a photo of himself. Which is just one of the most infuriating things a stri- like a so infuriating. inquiry can do. Because what it's saying is uh, like your other clients must be unattractive or X, mm-hmm. Y or Z. 100%. But look at me. Look at me. You know, like it's like, oh, yeah. they think we're going to see their picture and go, oh, please come and fuck me. And just putting it out there, having seen the photo myself, <laughs> like he's nothing special. It's not. But it never is, I, is it? The people well, that send the photos of themselves are not it doesn't even the ones matter. that I'm. Yeah, yeah. No, of course he not. He could literally be the Rock, and I, I, I just don't oh, care. That's not for me either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I love the Rock. Well, this but. is the other funny thing. Like you know, they don't know anything about us, and my type yeah. is just so yeah. far from what you normally send because I, you know, for those who don't know, I, I, I don't like big kind of dominant masculine men. That's that's really not my type. So a lot of the time they send these photos showing off their muscles and looking like <laughs> really intimidating and I'm like, this is hilarious because if you wanted to impress me, um, you've just got like you just you don't know what my type is and it's really yes. it's very much not They've that. Missed the and point. you know what? It's really yeah. not people who send photos of themselves to sex workers. Like most importantly, Definitely. that's not my type. Yes. I said, why did you send me a photo? He said, because I don't want you to think I'm some Fruit Loop. I said, sending a photo to a sex worker absolutely makes you seem like a Fruit Loop. Because as we said, it does. Like, it does. And what makes yeah. you think that a photograph of you makes you look not like a Fruit Loop? Because Fruit mm-hmm. Loops are also capable of taking photos. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to say with that. Um, he said, I would like to transfer you money. How do I do that? Then he said, look, I'm not used to chasing. Oh, it must be so hard for you. It's okay. Normally I think it should be easy. Thank you for your time once again. I'm not sure how to book. I tried. If you send me a link, I'm happy to do it. Do you take credit card, cash? How does it work? So I sent him a link to the booking page. I said, look, you seem like a nice person, but you've made pretty much the worst possible impression. (laughs) If you genuinely want to have positive experiences with sex workers, I'd encourage you to read my page on etiquette and send him a link to that. So then he sends me a screenshot from my booking page and he's clicked on the redeemer coupon button, which (laughs) like I don't know why he would do that, and typed in his email address. And he's showing me like it's not working. And I'm like – yeah, why are you trying to redeem a coupon? And he said, why can't I just send you a shitload of money? I said, well, if you really want to and send, send my bank then. details. Like, go on. Yeah. He said, I'll do an instant transfer of $100. If it goes through, will you come meet me? I said, no. Can I just <laughs> he said, have a good night, in. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Just to point out, which I'm sure our valued listeners have observed already, 
They're very alert. Um, he wants to know why he can't send you a shitload of money and then says, I'll send you a hundred dollars. Now we, I don't want to be a spoiled brat here. I don't want to be, you know, but when you're messaging a woman saying, I'm going to send you a shitload of money, my mind is generous. Yeah. I'm thinking this guy wants to send thousands. Oh, I'm thinking what a fucking time waster, but generous, a shitload of money to most people out there, I think would be hundreds, thousands of dollars shitload. Two grand in my mind, shitload. I'd go, wow, that's a shitload of money. What the fuck? You know, not saying I'm ungrateful for small tips, but if you're messaging me saying I'm going to send you a shitload of money, I want to open that that transaction notification and go, whoa. Uh, So anyway, he's off to a shitload of money. Yeah, uh, yeah, a hundred dollars. I go, okay, like love a hundred dollars, but you're really sending me mixed messages, mate. Yep. Um. So. I said, no, I'm not coming. He said, have a good night, beautiful girl. I would love nothing more than to catch up, but I'm sending you money and you're still not going to come. That's a bit odd. Have fun, darling. It's very odd. I said, because you haven't made a booking. That's the odd part. Like, then I'm going to transfer you money just so I can say, how the fuck do I do a booking, sweetheart? I don't know. I tried several times. Check your account. I just sent you $100, and if you're still not interested, then I'm the one getting scammed, my beautiful girl. (laughs) So at that point, I had a notification from my bank that I'd received $100. So I was like, what? So I texted back, what the actual fuck? Like, I didn't want that money. Like, what? How is this a scam? (laughs) I don't know. It's the weirdest scam ever. I, weirdest scam ever. Uh, he said, I sent you $100. Are you interested in meeting up? I can pay you more. And I, I always love well, I that. Would they go, I could so. pay you. Like, I, yeah, because you can yeah. see my rates are far higher than $100. So obviously you you're going to be paying me more, babe. Um, I said, yeah, sure. You just have to make a booking. He said, once again, I don't know. Enjoy the $100. I sent it to you with good karma. Have a wonderful night. Hope the 100 Spoiled turns brat. into 1,000. Good luck. Scammer, sweetie. The issue with that is that it will always come back and bite you on the bum. I said, this is the weirdest interaction I've ever had. You insisted on sending me money. How the fuck does that make me a scammer? Then he called me again. Um, I said, please send me your bank details and I'll return it. He said, instead, why don't we catch up? Would you be open to chatting with me on the phone just for one minute? I said, no. He said, what if I come to you? I got $2,000 in my pocket. I said, sure, book in for an in-call on the 31st and I'll see you then. He said, enjoy your $100, good night. Do Mm. yourself a favour, spend that $100 on someone less fortunate. Like, okay, thanks for the charity advice. Like, sure. Then I get a photo of some random woman in, you know, in in lingerie. I'm like, okay, well, that was completely unsolicited. I have no idea who this person is. (laughs) And this, mate, (laughs) this was the best part. Actually, this was after, I don't know, there was like 10 minutes had gone by and then I get this photo and I was like, what is this? I'm sitting there with Mr. Love and we're going, why has he sent me this photograph? And he said, I just got ripped off by you and by this bird. What a wonderful night. This tells me never to do this again, lol. Yeah. I said, what the fuck? Did you also just (laughs) randomly send her $100 for absolutely no reason? And he said, no, I sent more than that. Whatever money I send, oh, I think he's saying whatever money I send normally comes back. What a horrible night. Told me to get over and go to bed. I sent $500. And I'm here going, well, where the fuck's my extra 400 Why did she get 500 and I only got 100 <laughs> Then he said, fuck me. Why don't you just come and we'll have some fun or I can get to you. Oh, to the go to bed. I said, that's a really good idea. Just go have a wank, go to sleep, and please definitely stop randomly sending people money. He said, so you're not free. I said, no, I'm booked down until the 31st and your inability to understand that is baffling and incredibly unsexy. And he said, okay, good night. And I can't believe I haven't heard from him since because that's, these people usually, you know. But the kicker, the absolute kicker is that, of course, because he sent me an email from his work email, I had, I immediately went onto their website. So what I will tell you is that I read his bio and the first line talks about how he excels in communicating with people and handling 
um, complex negotiations and talking to um, people on, on different levels and in, in different ways. Um, and I yeah. would have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this performance review has not gone well for him. No, mm, no. no. <laughs> I mean, but he owns the company, so who fucking cares? Yeah. And at the end of the day, what upset like this was funny I was very entertained and I mean I can't complain right I got a hundred bucks out of it so I guess that's good but I can't I'd kind of rather return it like I don't want to feel like I owe this strange person money but anyway you you um, gave him a lesson a hundred dollars you well deserved for education purposes yeah we spent 600 bucks last night on nothing Mm. I bet you that other person didn't even ask him for money either Mm. like insane but what what upsets me though is like this person has a quote unquote respectable job and you know own is the is the principal of this company and has people that work underneath him and wears a suit and has fancy bland headshots and all of that and i just hate that you know his view is that he's he's a fancy person who has who has people who do these things for him because apparently he can't make an appointment on his own and that i'm you know, the I'm the scammer, I'm the unreliable hooker. And society allows him to keep thinking like that. And I just really hate that. That's all. Mm. I know you and I don't feel that way. And obviously our listeners, I pr- presumably don't feel that way. But um, it's just a bit shit because it's like, I, I mean, how is this person handling contracts <laughs> for millions of dollars? Because, yeah. I, like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I feel like it's very frustrating for me with these sorts of individuals because we hear from this sort of person reasonably often where mm. it's it's really just a game of playing dumb in my opinion. He knew, he knew damn well from, from the point that you said it looks like I'm booked out till the 31st, he knew you weren't available. But instead of saying, well, okay, you know what? I'd love to meet you. Let's book it in. They play dumb. They do this whole, oh, I just want to give you money, babe, because they think we are so desperate. Um, They think we are, you know, uh, that whole thing that we're just about the money, that we'll do anything for money, we'll sacrifice our own boundaries. And that if he keeps mentioning all of this money, I have $2,000 in my pocket. I just want to throw money at you. You're making it hard. All of this sort of nonsense. He knows damn well. He knows that you're booked out, but he keeps going, Oh, I don't understand. I don't understand what, what he's really saying is, can you just come and see me? Can you just remove the boundaries that you have in place for a healthy pattern of work and a healthy lifestyle? And because my dick is more important right now and I have money and you are about money and you will. And I'm, yeah. And I'm used to solving my problems with money and I'm used to, getting women to do what I want. Yeah, regardless of their own boundaries. And yeah. then when when the opportunity comes for him to to prove this supposed generosity, he waves $100 in your face and then sends a bunch of salty messages after. Oh, well, do something good with it. Do something nice, you know. Mm-hmm. No, it's a f- like you have no right to tell me what to do with that money now. And it, you know, the, the saltiness is just so entitled that, oh, well, you're a scammer. You're a scammer. Buddy, you're more of a scammer. You have just sat there telling me how you're going to send me all of this yeah. money and blah, 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 which you never asked for. Um, and then and then put $100 in and then played salty about it and took up half of your night with not listening to very – uh, basic instructions. So yeah. I don't know who's who's the scammer here. Absolutely, and I think it's relevant to mention this conversation started at eleven p.m. You know, and the expectation was I'll throw enough money at you that you'll you'll get off the couch, you'll leave your family, get dressed, and come out and see me. Like that's nice. or what? I mean, he wanted to come to me. He wanted to come into my home at eleven p.m. last minute. You know, I guarantee you. I mean, what was it? Friday night. I guarantee you, he was sitting in front of a glass table covered in cocaine and uh hmm. yeah thinks that his uh his dick is more important oh he would have been an awful client too anyway oh yeah i'm just yeah. i'm just going back to my life when i used to hang out with this sort of person and i'm like oh oh and there'd be no tipping there'd be no generosity like you know yeah. no. that he would be paying exactly the which is he'd fine. Be counting every 50 and he'd have a big stack He'd have a big yep. fat stack oh, of yeah, cash yeah, yeah. and he'd count uh-huh. yep. each individual note off it and then roll that water yep. cash back up and put it in. 
hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You I mean, yeah, we we know I, I this know person. Like we yeah. yeah. I used to date them. Ugh. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> Thank you to our very foxy patrons, our new very generous somebodies, Bianca and Tessa. Our even more generous somebodies, Lachlan, Timmy, Steve, our footstool, James E, Scott C, our secret admirer, Andrew, Adam Smith, Leslie, Ellen, Sub London, Scott Watson, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Andrew, Wheezy, Fritzia Tits, Mr E, Brandon, Simon, Alfie, Ophelia Parker, Aaron, Nomad, and Greenie. And our extremely generous somebodies are Josh, Sergio, Aaron, Pete, Andrew, Brino, Sienna Saint, Adam Moore, and Wombat. Thanks so much for joining us for this really frank and deep and heavy chat at times, but also with some fun lols at the end. Yeah, I think it's important. Sorry, we didn't really answer the question though. We I don't think have we a did. clear answer for I you. Think we did. Yeah, we do. Okay. All right. We do. Okay. We do. I think, you know, be vulnerable with your, your sex worker, but mm. also keep in mind that, uh, yeah, therapists are far more trained than us. Um, and uh, and therapy is healthy and we should we should all get some therapy Great. at times in our shit. lives. Yeah. yeah, if any of this uh, this sort of conversation brought up anything for you, do have a chat to your doctor, call Lifeline, call a counsellor, talk to somebody that you care about, that you feel like you can talk to. You know, there's no shame in uh, in being open about your vulnerability and your any mental health problems or any mental health um, blips. We all have them. Just like we all have physical health problems. Yeah. Our bodies are just fallible. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> See you next time. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember... Somebody you love might just be a sex worker.